Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, save on select steel battery tools. Right now, save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. With AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to another edition of the Giants huddle podcast. My name is John Schmelk. It's all brought to you by PSENG. Energy efficiency for game time and anytime. Visit PSEG.com slash Giants for discounts, rebates, and home energy assessments. On today's program, we welcome in another Jersey boy. Boyne and Patterson went to Wayne High school, Wayne Hills High School in Wayne, New Jersey, obviously. And he is the number one analyst for the NFL on Fox, former NFL tight end, Greg Olson. Greg, how are you, man? I'm doing well. What's happening? Thanks for having me. No, I appreciate it. So between you and Burkhardt, do you guys only allow Jersey guys on your TV crew? Like, are all your camera guys from Jersey, too? Is it, yeah, is we have a, a rule. We have a strict, we have a strict uh, Jersey. Maybe a couple, we'll let a couple New Yorkers in based on where they're from, but uh yeah, it's, it's just funny how things work. Um, a lot of Jersey guys, a lot of guys in the industry that have Jersey roots. Um, so we have a lot of fun stories comparing kind of high school stories and where everybody grew up and what part of the shore they went to and all that good stuff. <laughs> Do you guys have like Bruce playing in the background during all yeah, the work? Yeah, we just, we just play Born to Run and just uh, <laughs> just have Taylor Ham sandwiches. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and I appreciate you allowing a, a New Yorker. I was born in Brooklyn, be, be, you know. Uh, be a part of your crew and family. I appreciate that. No problem. Absolutely. Right, let's get to it. I'm sure when you and Kevin looked at your schedule at the beginning of the year, you didn't look at your calendar and say, you know, we're probably going to be doing Giants and Lions in week 11. I think that's where we're going to be going. It's a big, pretty big surprise by both teams, right? It is. You know, I, I was hoping, you know, I have I have so many friends still, some high school buddies and whatnot that, that are up in the Jersey area. And they always text me like, you know, when are you going to come to a Giants game? And before the year, I was like, man, I just, it's a great market. I'm sure Fox would love to have them, um, you know, on our on our platform and, and us calling the games. Just, you know, we got to get them to win some games. So here they are, right? Seven and two, um, playing really well. You know, Dayball is probably coach of the year. I don't care how things go. The, the fact that they're seven and two, have a chance here to be eight and two this week um, is probably faster than anybody imagined this quote-unquote turnaround or rebuild would uh, would take. So hats off to them. It's cool to come back to Jersey. Met life, obviously, I grew up. 30 minutes down the road from it. So I'm excited to do this game. We had the Lions a couple of weeks ago. They're a real, they're actually a really fun team to watch. I know their record. They're like the exact opposite of the Giants. They play all close games, but they had lost them all prior to last week, prior to, I guess, the last two weeks. And then the Giants, on the other hand, they win all the close games. So it's um, I, I think it's gonna be a fun game. Yeah, I think it will too. What is it you like about what the Giants are doing that's got them to seven and two? 
You know, I think the biggest thing that that coach has done, uh, what Coach Dayball has done, is he has made no mistake about what their formula for success is, specifically offensively, right? And I just think it's it's such a testament to his coaching ability that he could come from Buffalo for four years as the OC with with uh, with Josh Allen and throw the ball and really spin it around the park and all that, and then be able to come here to New York and very quickly assess. The situation, the strengths of the team, the run blocking, obviously Saquon's health, Daniel Jones's ability to he's a he's a he surprises everybody every year with how productive he is in with his legs. And then he's very good in play action. So it all kind of he learned really quickly, you know, what that what that formula was for them. And um, when you play good defense and you're good on third down and you're good in keep, keeping teams out of the end zone, it's a formula that's been working for them. And, you know, they're not going to be the you know, high flying attack. They're not going to throw for 450 a game. They're not, they're going to run it 50 times sometimes, but um, listen, at the end of the day in the NFL, it's about what do you have to do to win? And they've done it. Yeah. And I want to get into that for me a little bit more, but you know, this is almost gen- generally speaking in the NFL. Now, are we seeing the worm turn a little bit, Greg, in terms of how the running game seems to be coming back here and it's been passed, 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 passed. We see more and more teams running the ball more effectively now. And it's not all this outside zone, inside zone stuff. We're seeing a lot of counter, a lot of power, a lot of gap scheme. Are we seeing a return to like maybe football more like when you came into the league back in 2007? You know, it's funny. I was actually talking to a buddy uh, yesterday. There's been so much conversation around the impact of the run game and the analytics world is kind of poo-pooed that a little bit. And, and I, I think really what we're seeing is the ebbs and flows of how the league reacts. So I think years back, offenses realized our best chance of scoring points. Right At the end of the day, yards mean nothing. Everything's about how much can we score? How many points can we score and not turn the ball over? So I think what teams realized is it's clear that the teams that score the most points are the most efficient in the passing game. Right. Everything was about how do we build an advantage in the passing game, which leads to more points. So in, on the other side of the ball, defenses started saying, OK, I don't need 400 pound nose guards plug in the middle on first and second down. My linebackers don't need to be 260. I need guys who can play in space. We're going to play umbrella coverages. We're going to keep everything in front of us, limit the big plays, and we're going to not let you throw the ball. We're going to build our defense to stop the throw, so, to stop the pass. So we've seen that now for all these years. And now as we've seen defenses get better at stopping the pass, where are they susceptible? They're susceptible to the run. They don't have as many big bodies. They have a lot of light boxes. But here's the key point to all of this. Running is up in the NFL, but what's down? Scoring. Scoring is down. So defensive coordinators around the league are saying, good. So we're giving up maybe too many yards per, per game on the ground. But we're holding teams to – if teams score now in the 20s, it's like a lot. And I think defensive coordinators are going to say, until you can find a way that this high, this more efficient run game leads to more points, we're not going to change. Because the second you change and you say, oh, we're going to just go stop the run, all of a sudden now the pass becomes more friendly. And what happens when the pass becomes more efficient? You give up more points. So at the end of the day, everything is about points allowed and – If you run for 200 yards on me, but you score 16 points, I'll take it. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, so I guess my follow-up then, and I'll relate this back to the Giants thing, Greg. I think we've seen the last two weeks when the Giants played Seattle and Houston, they really arranged their defense to take away Daniel Jones in the run game, right? They tried to run those naked boots. Bruce Irvin for Seattle will come up field, cut it off. He didn't have he had only one quarterback keeper in the run game last week, Jones, and it was a quarterback sneak. He didn't keep it on one read option against Houston. Are we going to see teams continue to just stack the box against the Giants? And, you know, is that eventually going to force the Giants into throwing the ball? Or is Saquon good enough and the offensive line run blocking well enough and Jones a good enough runner where they can continue to stick with this plan and it's going to continue to work even if Jones is only throwing it 17, 20 times a game? Yeah, I, I don't think the volume of passes are ever going to really, at least this year with the current configuration of the roster, are ever going to jump into the 30s. They're just not built for that. Dable's not going to just just go rogue. He, he knows what they need to do to stay competitive. The, the key to being able to stay committed to the philosophy that they are offensively is how well their defense has been playing, right? They're very good on third down. They're very good at keeping teams out of the, you know, in the red zone, keeping them out of the end zone, forcing field goals, you know, I I saw a stat, you know, the other day in my prep that, you know, they're one of the top two or three teams in the league at having the lowest percentage of touchdown scoring drives. Like those are the metrics that matter. The days of total defense and yards allowed, no one really cares about any of that anymore. Are you good on third down? And are you good at keeping teams to three points at most? So when you have a defense that are good in those areas, now you flip it on on offense, you can be more patient. It's a one score game. You're never falling behind by too many scores in the second half where now you have to reinvent yourself and go to a drop back. Right. So defense and offense goes very hand in hand when you want to play this style offensively that the Giants are playing to counter that to answer your question more directly. As these teams continue to say, we're not going to let Saquon run for 150. We're not going to let Daniel have another 50 or 60. And then the other, and then, you know, between the other backs and the jet game and all that, give up 220 on the ground. We're just not going to do it. You then have your play action has to be great. You've got to stay out of third and longs. You've got to be great on first and second down because all of a sudden now third and three, third and two, that's where you get your explosive shots. That's where you get your play action, deep crossers and go balls and get the ball over the top because they are so worried about those rundowns playing in the box. So the play action stuff has been good. I think as it continues to get better, that's the complement to the run game as long as you're not falling behind by multiple scores late in the game. And as long as you stay out of third and long must pass situations, if they can stay out of drop back scenarios, those being the two biggest ones, they can keep this style of play going. Yeah. And in their comeback victories too, Greg, it's been amazing. They've also come back in these games against good teams with the run game more than they have the pass game. They haven't really turned into a pass every down team in any of these games that they've been down. And I agree with you, you know, it's worked. And a big reason is that these wide receivers, it's kind of been a revolving door, right? Wanda Robinson has kind of now established himself as the slot since he's been back and healthy. Darius Slayton has become the kind of the big play guy. But that other spot, which is 
ostensibly the X spot, right? It was Kenny Galladay. He gets hurt. You know, then Marcus Johnson, he comes in. Now he's not there. Now Isaiah Hodgins comes in. Have you seen a team rotate the wide receiver position as much as the Giants have, but still manage to have the success and efficiency? Like the fact that they're not turning it over at all in the passing game with all these different wide receivers to me is, is pretty amazing. Yeah, I don't think Daniel Jones gets enough credit. I think he's kind of taken a lot of the lumps and taken a lot of the blame of the last couple of years of just everything that's gone on between the coaching changes and the inconsistencies at coordinator and and an offensive scheme and all that in the past. But to be honest, they're doing a lot. You know, they're not doing a ton in the passing game, but what they do in the passing game is highly efficient, as you said. I mean, last week his passer rating was like what, 153 or something crazy. Um, so again, not high volume. But when they do throw it, it's highly effective, it's highly efficient, and they're getting the big plays, right? The, he throws that third down flat on his back. It looks like it's a stack. Next thing you know, it's a 50-yard touchdown. Like, if you can continue to sprinkle in those plays in the passing game and then stay ahead of the chains in the run game, that's a formula that has been proven time and time again. You can win in the NFL. Now, your margin for error is very small, right? You can't turn it over. You got to stay ahead of the chains. You got to be good on defense. But I mean, the formula is there. They've shown that it's effective. They can keep games within one score late and then close games out and find a way to win. So they've shown that they can do it. Um, is that the most sustainable model? I don't think anyone would pretend, right? At some point, as they as Dable continues to put his, his footprint on this, they're going to continue to develop wide receivers, continue to get Daniel more, more weapons in the pass game, get better pass protectors. They're kind of a run a run specific offensive line unit, albeit very physical and good, but not a, not their strength is not necessarily in the drop back game. So yep. they coach around it. And um, so I expect that to grow over time, but for where they are right now, they're getting the most out of pretty much every unit. All right. Final question on the offense before we jump to the matchup specifically here, Greg, how about Daniel Jones? How do you evaluate him now in the context of the fact he's going to be a free agent after the year, right? They didn't pick up the fifth year option. What they're asking him to do, he's doing extremely well. But they've, for example, I think he has fewer 20-plus yard just attempts downfield than any other quarterback in the league because they don't have the receivers to do it. You mentioned you don't want to protect on five- and seven-step drops. So they're not asking him to do it, but what they're asking him to do, he's doing well. So how do you then figure out your commitment to him after the year because you're not really asking him to do a lot of the things that the star, superstar quarterbacks, quote-unquote, in the league are doing in a week-in, week-out basis? Yeah, I think you have to ask yourself how many quote unquote superstar quarterbacks out there right now, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tua right now and what he's doing in Miami. I mean, there's a handful, Jalen Hurts, there's a handful of guys right now that the offense goes through them and they're going to throw it 35 times and they're highly efficient and effective in the passing game. And right, you know, when you watch a Kansas City Chiefs game, they're going to throw it 35 times minimum he's going to throw three four touchdowns and if they win it's because he plays great and if they lose it's because maybe he had some picks and some bad plays or whatever but how many teams have those guys right so i think the question becomes what is, is your quarterback capable of winning is your capable is your quarterback capable of playing the style of offense that you need them to play to bring out the best of everyone around you and i think for daniel his skill set big arm highly mobile very intelligent physical tough he checks so many boxes that as the as the talent and consistency around him from play caller. Now, you know, obviously Dayball, you know, the last couple of coaches lasted what two years each. Dayball looks like he's going to be here for a long time. There'll be consistency as they continue to draft and get the front office and everything moving in the right direction. 
they're going to bring in better talent around him, whether it's in the draft or whether it's in the free agency. So I think as things continue to get better around him, he'll just continue to improve because the reality is what he's doing right now in the style of system and with the pieces around him to be seven and two is really impressive, right? That's just the truth of the matter. Um, And um, so I I really like Daniel. I know him personally, so I'm biased. Um, I just don't, I think everyone really always is in a rush to get their next quarterback and I just, I, I just remind people and caution people, who do you think you're going out there and getting that's going to come in and be better than him? And there's just not a lot of them. Yeah, no question. All right, Giant fans, you want to go see the Giants take on the Lions? Go to Giants.com slash tickets to secure your seat. There are some limited takes available. Go check that out. And, of course, Greg will have the call of that game on Fox at 1 o'clock on Sunday with uh, my buddy Kevin Burkhart. Make sure you go check that out. All right, Greg, here's the matchup. The Lions D, boy. You talk about yardage metrics. It's ugly. I mean, it ain't good. How do you think this Giants offense can attack the Lions defense on Sunday? I think we're going to see some of those six, seven, eight-man offensive line combinations that coaches employed these last couple of weeks. I don't know if I've ever in my life, I, I probably shouldn't say that, but very infrequently, I should say, have I ever seen where there's eight offensive linemen on the field, right? The five down two tight ends, an extra H-back motion. It's, but you know what? They have a great group of offensive linemen. They probably got 10 or 11 guys that can play. So play to your strengths. You're a run team. Get the guys who can block. I So I, I expect th- their formula is not going to change. They're going to continue to challenge the Lions. Can you stop us? The Lions have shown that they're not a great run defense. They're not a great defense in a lot of the metrics, I think Dan Campbell will have a good plan. We saw him a couple of weeks ago against uh, the Packers at home in Detroit, and they gave Rodgers and that Packers offense fits, and they ended up pulling the game out in the end with some turnovers. The Giants can't turn the ball over. They've got to be able to sustain drives. They could be long, methodical drives, right? That's what happens when you run the ball. You don't have a one-strike score. you got to be able to sustain no penalties, no negative yard plays, and obviously you can't turn the ball over. So that's if you're going to run this style of offense, that's what you have to do. They've been able to do that. Um, and then they got to take their shots, right? They're going to get a lot of man coverage. Detroit's going to get up in their face and try to challenge them, especially if they make a commitment with eight guys in the box to stop Saquon. And when it's time to hit those shots, you got to hit them. You can't have near misses. You can't have a wide open crossing route on a play action and drop it or miss it or underthrow it. Like you've got to hit your chances when you get them because they, they will. A team coming in to play the Giants is going to be committed to, to saying, hey, make them pass it to beat us. And I think Daniel's capable of doing it. But when, when they get their chances, they got to hit them um, against a defense that all in all over the course of the year, um, obviously, has had some struggles. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano. And we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came to my room crying, tears, <laughs> crying. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Greg, let's flip it. I think if we told most more casual NFL fans that Jared Goff has the second most completions of 20 plus yards in the league this year behind only Patrick Mahomes, they'd fall over. They'd be like, huh? And then they don't do it in a normal way. They're not throwing a bunch of bombs down the field. So how are they creating all those explosives? And what are the Giants defense need to do to prevent them from happening on Sunday? Yeah, I really like this offensive system. Um, I really like what Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, you know, used to be their tight ends coach. Um, he, I really like this system. They're playing to golf strengths. It's a lot of under center. It's a lot of play action stuff. Um, and they do a great job creating space and creating layers and depth into the defense. That's where, as you mentioned, that's where a lot of those 20 plus yard completions come from is they get teams up in the box with their formations and some of their misdirection jets and whatnot. And then next thing you know, I'm on Ross St. Brown pops a deep crosser for 30 yards. And then it's a, you know, swift out of the backfield in the passing game is very good. Uh, Williams, the back, then kind of use him more, you know, to kind of ground and pound. So they've got some pretty good weapons. Goff is playing well. Where everything starts with Detroit is their offensive line is very good. They have three relatively premier guys, you know, center, right tackle, left guard, like Ragnow, uh, Sewell, uh, and Jonah Jackson. They got three top tier guys. Decker at left tackle is a solid, good veteran. So, I mean, they got a good offensive line so when you have a good offensive line you're not worried about protecting as much you can kind of be multiple in your scheme so it's a fun offense to watch um when they're hot they're hot I mean, we we saw them early in the year they were the number one offense in the league they came out like gangbusters and they just happened to give up more points than they scored but um it's an offense that can fast strike considering on paper you don't look at it and go all right man it's just littered with great talent and great skills they got a lot of really good players and they have a really good scheme, and I think Goff's playing well. Giant fans, go download the Giants' official streaming app, Giants TV. It's free on Apple TV, Amazon, Roku, and all those other streaming devices. All right, a couple big picture things here, Greg, before we say goodbye. What are we going to learn about this Giants defense here in the second half of the year? They have some tough matchups against Philly, Dallas, against Detroit. You know, we know what Wink Martindale likes to do. He doesn't necessarily have the horses in the secondary that I think, you know, he would like, but he's, you know, Fabian Moreau, he's making do and they're doing a nice job. So what do you think we're going to learn about that defense this week against Detroit? You mentioned they, they really do a good job scheming it up and the rest of the Giants schedule, which is really one of the toughest schedules left remaining in the NFL. It is. And we're, we're going to find out quick. We're going to find out fast in the next, you know, week. Yeah. A week from today, you know, we're going to see them Sunday against, um, against Detroit and then quick turnaround. We're going to be out in Dallas to call their game against the Cowboys. So we're going to see the giants uh, pretty quick turnaround here in the next seven days. And they're going to be challenged. And I think defensively, as you said, I think wink, I really like wink. We had a couple of their games last year when he was in Baltimore. He's, he's no nonsense. He's aggressive. You know exactly where he stands and you get into third down. He's bringing it. And he's going to bring it from everywhere and anywhere. And he's saying, listen, we might not be able to match up and guard you, but you either better get the ball out fast and we got to tackle, or you better be damn good up front because we're bringing a lot of guys rushing the passer, obviously very strong interiorly, interior wise on the defensive line in um, in New York. So it, it's it's a he's got enough guys that he can piece it together. Um, I know there's some moving parts in the secondary, but I think Wink's done a great job. I think his attitude, I think he was a great hire by by Dave's. Um, but we're going to find out. You mentioned they're going to play some really good offenses, you know, starting on Sunday, an offense that might, you can call it probably inconsistent, but when it's on, it's super, it's super effective. It's super explosive. So we'll find out on Sunday and then 
definitely find out next uh, next week, uh, a week from today when they play on Thanksgiving against against Dallas. How do you see the NFC East playing out? You got a one-loss Eagles team, two-loss Giants, three-loss Cowboys, Washington with the big upset against Philly. They're now at 500. How do you see the NFC East playing out? I tell you, if you would have told anyone that the NFC East would be at the top of the at the top of the conference as far as the the division, I think people would have thought you were crazy. Yep. Um, but you know, it's a testament to a lot of these coaches. I think you go across the board; they all have good coaches. They all have guys that have been able to steady the ship when things have gone sideways. Um, we started the show by saying Dave should be the coach of the year, barring an absolute catastrophe of a second half of the season, which I just don't I don't see happening. I think they're going to continue to just be in every game. Could they lose some and go the other way? Sure. But I don't think it's going to just fall on its face. Um, you know, and then obviously Ron's been doing it for a long time in, in Washington. McCarthy's done an unbelievable job with what he's done in, two, in a couple of years, getting Dallas turned around. And then Nick Sirianni, I mean, who would have ever thought last year we called a bunch of Philly games. And we liked him. We thought he was great. We thought he was smart, but we thought they had a little bit of a rebuild. We weren't sure Galen Hurts. So you look across the board, it's a, it's a fun division. We're, we're, we're glad to finally start getting some of these other teams. Um, you know, we'll have Philly down the stretch. Obviously we'll have the giants a couple of times. So we're excited to see the other two teams in the, in the division. And, uh, you know, I think right now it's really up for grabs because they're all going to play each other, which is the way the, le- the leaks, the schedule makers, um, let the let the division teams battle it out in the second half of the season and compete for those playoff spots. Yeah, four straight division games for the Giants after this Lions game. Final question, Greg. Is the NFC playoff picture as clear-cut as it looks to me? Tell me what I'm missing here. You got the three NFC East teams, right? You got the two teams out west in Seattle and San Francisco, which everyone likes. The Vikings are running away with the North. And I think we all feel pretty good that the Bucs are going to figure out a way to win the NFC South. Is there another team you think in the conference that can make a run to challenge for one of those, what is it now, seven playoff spots in the NFC? Or do you think those are the seven? Yeah, I mean, I think those are the seven right now. If you're a betting man, I think you'd say, okay, in some form or fashion, whether, you know, whether Seattle wins the division and San Francisco's a wild card or vice versa, same thing in the NFC East, whoever wins it, and again, barring a complete catastrophe, likely that three NFC East teams can find their way in now with the extra wild card. So if there is a team... Um, you know, the South's obviously not going to get a wild card. So they'll get whoever just happens to come out on top. You got, you'd probably bet on Tampa if you were just looking at it objectively. Um, and then in the NFC North, which is really the only lasting piece. Yes. Minnesota's running away with it. You can't see them losing it. Is it out of the realm of possibility? If green Bay wins tonight, they'd get, they'd get to 500. They'd be five and five. I think, um, because I think they're four and five after last week's win I in, so, yeah. against Dallas. So they'd be give or take right around 500. Could you see them going on an Aaron Rodgers-esque second half run? It seemed unlikely two weeks ago, but as we all know in the NFL, and things change fast. Whoever thought they were going to beat Dallas, uh, we were there for that game. They win tonight against Tennessee. I don't know if you count out Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I know they're battered. I know they're hurt, banged up. I think if there is an eighth team, and again, I think this is a – low probability but they're on the they're on the the page if there is an eighth team to get those seven spots the eighth would probably be green bay although unlikely in the given moment but you never know find the jersey boy greg olson coming home with kevin burkhart one o'clock on fox on sunday giants and lions go check it out greg good stuff man we really appreciate it awesome work all year uh your your crew is great you guys do a great job calling these games we enjoy watching you thanks so much and we'll see you at the stadium on sunday All right, you got it. Thanks so much. Take care.
That's Greg Olson from Fox, their number one analyst. We thank you for joining us on the Giants Huddle Podcast. Make sure you go back, check out the latest Papa's Perspective. Bob Papa talks to Carl Banks about slowing down Barry Sanders and the Lions uh, back in the early 90s, a game they played against him in 1990. So go check it out on the Giants Huddle Podcast, which you can find on your favorite podcast platforms at Giants.com slash podcast and on the Giants mobile app. We thank everyone for joining us on this episode of the Giants Huddle Podcast, all brought to you by PSENG. Energy efficiency for game time and anytime. Visit PSEG.com slash Giants for discounts, rebates, and home energy assessments. For Greg Olson, I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time on the Giants Huddle Podcast. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, save on select steel battery tools. Right now, save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. With AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.